Blog Talk Radio. On a mountain, in a valley, I beheld only God. In hardship, I see Him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melt amidst the sparks of her flame. I behold only God. Rabia the Mystic. Namaste. Good morning, my friends, and welcome on Valentine's Day to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. Brian is on the other line. Good morning, Brian. Mara. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day. We are here only. To represent him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do. Because he sent us. We'll direct. We are content to be wherever he wishes. Knowing he goes there with us. We will be healed. Thank you so much, Brian. Every time you uh, say that passage, which I believe is from A Course in Miracles, I love it. Thank you very much. And I want to welcome you today. And for our listeners, we're going to use Brian a little bit heavy in the front of the show today because he has the honor of going out and speaking publicly from the dias, from the pulpit, from the stage, whatever word you want to use about love. And he has to leave at 9.45 today. And Brian, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about that? Well, I have this wonderful opportunity to speak at the church that I attend on Sunday mornings where I teach a course. I've been offered the opportunity and the honor to speak on Love Mastery on this wonderful Valentine's Day at the local Center for Spiritual Living, which used to be the Science of Mind Churches. And... The uh, subject matter will be on love mastery, which, of course, as we know, is basically just getting back to the truth of who we are because we are love itself. And that will be the idea and premise behind the sermon or speech or whatever you want to call it today. And, you know, that's a beautiful, beautiful topic, and I'm so pleased that you're getting to do that. And where is this? You know, people listen to us from all around the world. Obviously, someone in Singapore is not going to be able to get there in time, but someone in Southern California might be able to. Where where is the church located? It's in Fontana, California. And as I said, it's the Center for Spiritual Living. All right, so if you live in the area and you want to go look at Brian face-to-face and hear his wonderful words, I encourage you to not listen now but hop in your car and get there in time because I'm sure it will be an uplifting experience. It will be wonderful, just wonderful. You're welcome, absolutely. Absolutely. My friends, today I sense that we may actually be having some listeners from war zones, Afghanistan, Iran, or people who listen archivally to these messages. And what we're saying is the antithesis right now of what they are trying to live, what we've been called upon to do as a society. And I think that we want to remember the Dalai Lama's statement, as Brian said, getting back to what we are, love Dalai Lama, if our nature was to kill, we would all be dead. So obviously our nature is to love, and uh, I uh, respect those who do as they must do based on their orders. Uh, I don't think there's anyone who goes to their Job. Um, I call it that because I believe the book of Job is the one filled with the greatest travail and pain and suffering in the Bible. And yet, how coincidental, that's what we call what we do every day to earn our money. Um, You're called upon to do things, and there are times when um, you stand uh, always on your principles, and you believe you're doing what's right. And I don't think that being 
recognizing our nature is love anyway challenges these young people who are doing what they believe is right. And that includes my daughter and my son-in-law. You know, I understand that uh, they believe that uh, they should protect our society and they have been, they are the brave soldiers, soldiers. And so today I salute you for doing that, this Valentine's Day, this day of celebrating love. And I hope that we all, begin acting in our lives in a way of love like every day is Valentine's Day. And every person deserves our respect, our dignity, our little hearts, our love. And as we begin doing that, then we will redefine the job we've given you. So I send good wishes to you today. I send you love, and I try and hope that Brian and I together today can inspire people to take a chance to walk about with their shoulders thrust back, their hearts exposed, and show love in the most inconvenient, unexpected places. So namaste to all of you. Brian, I'm going to let you kind of lead the way today since uh, you're going to be going and we won't have your wisdom later. So if you'd like to kind of set the tone here, I would appreciate it. Maybe I just set the tone, but you know you know what I'm saying. I was going to say, you, indeed you did set the tone. For an expression of love is appreciation. And as we express appreciation towards those who we honor and cherish and that we respect for what it is for the choices that they make on the especially choices such as you mentioned, those who decide to become soldiers and do their duty for their country are doing things that a lot of people might not want to do. And they are choosing that that for themselves and stepping up to the plate, if you will. And it's a wonderful expression of appreciation to show them our gratitude and love in that way. And love can be expressed in many, many different ways. And appreciation and gratitude is just one of those ways. And so I think that's a wonderful subject matter to be speaking about on this for this show is people and situations that we can be appreciative of and grateful for, whether that be a special someone in our lives today or our family and friends, uh, relatives, and people that we don't even know but we appreciate the jobs that they do that bring us the freedom to be able to experience the lives that we experience. And so that's actually a wonderful topic to go ahead and speak on today. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Bri. I think that um, I think that so many times we forget that we as a society, each one of us individually, form the society and that we have a role in setting the expectations for those who serve us. And it's if we individually say, I don't matter, and enough individuals say, I don't matter, then nothing changes and everything stays the same. And so what we need to do as we're looking around us today on this wonderful, wonderful Valentine's Day is think, okay, now I've shown my wife... I've shown my lover, I've shown my girlfriend, I've shown my mother. But who else can I show? I love them. Who is left? Well, maybe if you're going out to uh, dinner, you can uh, leave something uh, a little extra for the waiter or waitress. Or you can do what my mom and I did yesterday. You know, there was this wonderful couple there. Uh, and I have hesitancy saying this. I shouldn't have said that I did this because I'm not looking for honor or dignity for having done it. But there was a wonderful couple sitting there with two little kids and piles. Which if you're going to take your kids out to dinner or out to breakfast in this case, which is the cheapest meal of the day to take your kids out to. If you're going to take them out to that meal, you know, you want them to have a good time. You want them to be able to drink all the orange juice they can and do everything they want to do. So as the meal progressed, I realized, my gosh, this is a young couple. It's Valentine's Day. This is this may well be their Valentine's celebration. So I picked up their tab. 
just a small thing, a small way of showing someone else some love, opening up an unexpected direction in their day. So if you're out for dinner tonight, maybe you can't pay the whole tab. Maybe you can just say over and say, you know what, I'd like to pay uh, your tip. I'm trying to do that today as an act of service. Will you let me? Or do it silently like I did, although it wasn't so silent. The waitress just walked over, picked up their bill, and brought it to me. That was very embarrassing for me because they didn't need to know I was doing it. But, you know, that's okay. It doesn't matter if it's public. It, you know that old thing, you know, give so people don't know? Well, you know, if that makes you happy, do it that way. But if you want to give and feel good and have everybody in the world know, like Bill and his, Bill Gates and his wife, um, do so. Do it that way. Just give. Just give. And give love. And realize that you have a role in changing the mindset that is controlling the whole world right now, the energy that's controlling the world. You really do. And there are so, so many ways to express the love. We can express the love simply by smiling at someone. We can express the love by saying thank you. We can express the love in so many forms, like you mentioned there, Mara, forms that maybe aren't always the most extravagant, always, aren't always the most um, noticeable, but yet we can go ahead and just express these small little things that we might not see the effect that they have, but yet we know that just by being the expression of love in many different forms, that it is having an effect and is uh, causing an influence out in the world that brings about a, a more peaceful expression and more peaceful, peaceful experience in our lives. And like you said, the Dalai Lama said that if we, um, I'm sorry, you said like if we uh, were meant to kill, then we'd all be dead. Or if we, yes. uh, if killing yes. was our nature, then we'd all be dead. Exactly. Yes. Our nature is really all to share and to express love and to bring about the, exp- the experience of life and not death. And so as Absolutely. we start to express love, life, and more of our actions, behaviors, words, and everything, then we start being more of who we really are. And that is indeed the idea and premise behind love mastery, which simply means to just be who you really are. Because you are naturally loving. It is only when we are acting selfishly, which is not natural to us, and we can know it's not natural to us because it never feels good to act in that way. It never feels good to act selfishly, to be angry or upset, to have guilt, fear, any of those things that have a negative vibration to them is not natural to us. And the fact that it does not feel good, does not feel comfortable, is an indicator to us that it's not natural to us. And as we recognize that and we move towards the natural expression of our being, which is love, then we have a more, a more pleasant experience of our lives and we share a more pleasant experience of us to others as we express ourselves. And so just making the conscious choice to make the shift into being more giving, to sharing more, to expressing more gratitude and appreciation will start to bring you into a more natural expression of being that you really are, which is the presence of love. Absolutely. And you know what I loved a moment ago was uh, you're, you're talking about the feelings when you're, you're acting contrary to your nature. And for me, uh, I love the, uh, the conversation with God card that Neil Donald Walsh says that everything is either love or fear. And we know that love feels good. So when our actions, our emotions, our words are not feeling good, then we're pr- we can be pretty certain that there's some fear at the base of that feeling. And um, that's why, I, as I've said probably every show, I ask what lesson is it in this for me? But I'm saying, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? Am I afraid I'm not going to have enough money? You know, is that why, uh, you know, I uh, resist there being a living wage for others? Is that why I turn a blind eye to people who are homeless? Is um, that why I, uh, 
choose to accumulate wealth uh, beyond anything that I could possibly use in my lifetime so that I can be secure no matter what, that my fear about being without will not materialize. Is that it? Is it, uh, am I afraid about not being loved? And is that why uh, I become involved in uh, intimate relationships uh, like Tiger Wood? I mean, to me, what a sad public spectacle. What fear drives Tiger Woods? And you'll notice, my friends, when you talk about God as love, and when you talk about everything that isn't love as fear, it softens your attitude about it. It makes you less judgmental because who among us has not been afraid at times? Who can say, oh, I've never been afraid. I'm always okay. And when you start thinking about this unloving behavior as really fear-driven behavior, it makes everything forgivable. And somehow when we keep ourselves in the strictures of the dogmas of many faiths, when we keep ourselves in the thick, in that strict, you know, that, what is it, scripture, but when in that structure is the word I was looking for, then anyone who acts outside that structure must be a very brave knowing person about themselves. But we are driven by fear that if that's okay, then what else is okay? And so we become fearful of that conduct, fearful that that conduct, oh my gosh, my guides made this clear to me just now, fearful that that conduct will show that our dogma isn't right. So we become fearful about not being right. And so then we drive the bus through the crowd. And I've seen that most most significantly here in California with the Prop 8 trial and all of the... I just read a, a kind of a thesis on that. Uh, but uh, it interests me because I... First of all, let me... As I talk about this, and I think maybe it's momentous, I talk about it on Valentine's Day, but as I say something about this, let me let me have you understand, I don't believe that God creates trash. And I believe, I, I visualize God as one body, and all of us are parts of that body. And if if somebody would say, God, which which part of the body do you want to sacrifice? I believe God would say no. None. Yes, I know it's just the little tip of my fingernail, but it's okay right now. It's perfect just the way it is. I don't want to give up any of it. So since I believe that God doesn't create trash, I therefore believe the people who have come to this planet who are outside that structure of what is normal, heterosexual, thinking, who are outside that structure, have come to give all of us an opportunity to reach into the core of our being and be love. But we're afraid to do that because, and I was asked this once many, many years, what do you think that homosexuality is, a sin or nature? I didn't even know how to respond to that question. Because I don't think God would make any of us different than we need to be to do what we've agreed to do. And so I think homosexuals are probably very big heroes because I don't think it's an easy path to row, to live. I don't know. I I don't know, but I know what I hear, and it doesn't look easy. And so here we have this, and so, my gosh, if it's okay, if if God really is saying react in love people who have a different identification for sex partners, if that's really God, then that means some of the other stuff we're talking about may not be right. 
And maybe our stricture is that, you know, you have to become just like us, think like us, be like us, follow our rules, might be wrong. Or at least not wrong, not necessarily a universal truth. So it could be totally right for you, but not necessarily a universal truth. But that fear of being wrong, at the core of Don Miguel Reese's agreements, you know, uh, be impeccable with your word. But most importantly, in my mind, there, there's four, but I'm only going to talk about the second one that I really think is as crucial as being impeccable with your word. And that is that which do you choose, being right or being at peace? And when you start choosing being at peace, you realize that many of those things that you would normally want to be right about, that you might rise to the the ire of the moment about, are just opinion kinds of things. Things that other people have a right to believe. Some of them are fear-driven, but basically... They're just one person's perception about how the world is. And so you stop being afraid of that perception and choose peace. And if you could imagine that on a mammoth basis around the world, the effect would be huge. Brian. And peace only can begin, well, not only can begin, but only needs to begin with one. You can be a catalyst for peace at any time that you choose. If we are sitting on the sidelines and we're waiting for peace to find us, if we're waiting for the world to be peaceful, for us to join in, then the world's not going to change because this world is literally made up of 6.5 billion people. And the 6.5 billion people that are in the world decide how the world is going to be by their choice as as who they are as an individual, as a community, as a city, as a state, as a country, and so forth and so on. And the change that can that can happen in any given situation is a change of just simply one person. If we look at all the greatest things that we have in our or let's say impactful things that we have in our life. It all started with one or two people who decided that the, the, the experience that we're having can be different. Let's, let's look at the Wright brothers who decided that we'd be able to fly a plane, and they were told that they were crazy and loony, but they kept moving in that direction. And there are many people in, in history who would not just uh, settle for what already is and was looking for a different experience, was looking for a different possibility. And so we might be finding ourselves in life having the experience of um, something that's undesirable, but then we can say, oh, there can be another way. We can choose peace. We can experience love. We can experience gratitude and appreciation. And so we can express that out in the world, no matter what the world's telling us is possible or right or whatnot. And as we express that, then we become the catalyst for the change that can bring about the evolutionary change for all of mankind, for all of humanity, for the, the for all the world. And so we can choose for ourselves to be that change. And as we choose that within ourselves, then we find the world, slowly but surely, one person at a time, making the change for themselves. And that's the, you could say, duty that we all have, but, more, but not so much a duty, but the opportunity that we have, because we all truly want to experience a peaceful life, not only in our own lives, but in everyone else's lives that we know, and in, in truly in the world at large. And as we choose to make that choice for ourselves, it reverberates out and is expressed out, and therefore, like I mentioned earlier, it influences everything that we come across, everything that we touch, everything that we gaze upon, and from there, it's like a snowball effect that just keeps, like a ripple effect, keeps going out and out and out and out, touching further and further to the far reaches of the 
of the universe. And this is a choice that we make in each and every moment. And this is love mastery. Yes, yes. You know, there's a wonderful book that Dean Koontz wrote, and in fact, as I'm talking to you, I'm scanning here. Um, Such an interesting writer, but there's a wonderful book he wrote, and I wish I could just cite the title off the top of my head, and I'm going to stop looking, but I encourage people to look for it, and I encourage you to read it, because this book is about a basically man-created woman who suddenly is appearing to be the Messiah. That certainly, right there is jarring, right? (laughs) That the Messiah could be a woman. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And then it goes on and, and and it goes through. So this is a woman that was basically test tube created who was cloned from the uh, DNA of of another girl who had died, a very young girl, by the way. But what is interesting about that book is so true with what Brian is saying, is she preached a very simple message. She knew everything. I mean, she had just this infinite wisdom. But what she did was she said, look at a person, in essence, to see the child they were when they began learning all this fear. And so if you think of people acting with fear, and then if you choose peace, and in the process of choosing peace, you don't say, I'm choosing peace over this. (laughs) You know, if you choose peace just because it's right for you, that softens your eyes to that person. And then when your eyes are soft, visualize that person as the child that they were that led them, began the process of them having all this fear. And there are very few of us who are not moved by children. In the um, the play South Pacific, which may be be beyond many, many listeners' experience, um, there's a song that says it teaches a, it takes a long time to teach someone to hate. It takes a long time to teach someone to be afraid. It really does. Uh, it, it may be it may be part of our nature, but it's something that gets stroked you know as as we help people shape them into the roles the the rules the structure that we want them to live in we call that i before becoming a lawyer i was i studied sociology and we call that socialization so we socialize people to be afraid and and to use and we do that in the name of obedience that if we were all walking around without a structure and just doing our own thing, people suggest that there would be chaos. And and that is because they look at the at the the um, collision that occurs between just a structured thought. And so uh, we teach fear very early. And so what Brian is saying involves both a mindset and a a heart set. That everyone is who they are right now because of what they've experienced in life. And even if what you see before your eyes is not appealing, or if you, what you see before your eyes is not appealing, not even if what you see before your eyes is not appealing. I realize I've said that three times now, and I say that for a moment. Then, what kind of life did that person have to get to be this person who's so unappealing? That you would never think about giving them a candy heart or a Valentine's card. 
And so what we need to do is strip past the veneer of our differences to realizing that we are all human beings. And periodically we have the stories on TV, on the Lifetime Network and other networks, where you see someone who is just unwilling to be negative toward another person who many people are judging because they want the best for that person even if that person isn't operating or acting in the best way they could in the circumstance. And so part of love is wanting the best for the person who's shaking their finger at you, who's raising their gun to you, even though in this moment they are not acting their best. And it's that kind of peace, one by one. If we could just begin with it in our own families, my friends, let's just start at home. If we could just do that, that would have an absolutely gigantic impact on on the world. Instead of training our children through fear, we let's train them through love. You know, I understand that you really do very, very much like to get in my purse and take my money. You know, people would say that's a sick thought as what I'm about to say to you, but but I don't really have any extra money to share with you. So what I'm going to do with you is at the beginning of the month, you're going to write my checks for me. I'll give you the bills and I'll tell you how much money we need to pay. And you'll see how much money is in the checkbook. And you'll write the checks. And now you see how much money we have left. And for the next few months, I want you to go to the grocery store with me And I want you to go when I buy you girls' clothes. And I want you to do this, and I want you to do that, and I want you. And if you can't come, not to worry. I'll bring back the receipts so you can take them out of the checkbook. Maybe idealistic, but it works. It teaches responsibility. So instead of your child becoming a thief and being accused of being a thief in their own home, they're taught the responsibility that there isn't enough money for them to be taking anything without accounting for it. And then there's room to talk about the feelings. Anyone who's ever been in therapy knows people talk about the feelings. What are the feelings of having someone take something from you? How do you feel? Impress our children with that fearful feeling and how to avoid having that fearful feeling, whether it's induced by another's behavior or by their behavior. If you take something, you have a fear of getting caught. We need to deal more squarely with the fears that drive our lives because they are what's keeping us from having peace. Brian, I know you just have a few minutes here, and oops, we've got someone on the line, too, from Los Angeles. Do you want to speak, and then I'll invite this person on? Yes, let's go ahead. Okay. Hello? Hello? Hi, how are you? Oh, fine. This is Linda Klein. I'm calling from Florida. Oh, from Florida. Oh, Linda, I thought you were coming from Los Angeles. <laughs> That's why I was delayed. I thought, oh, there's someone else with you. And no, thought, it's oh, you. Oh, it's oh, you. Hi. Oh, hi there, Amara. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Uh, you know what? Thank you. Um, I would love a Valentine's uh, Day reading. Of course, about love would be nice. All right. So, Linda going to take me a second i'm going to uh i do feel your energy first of all linda um i was going to pass you but i'm not (sighs) 
Linda, I sense within you uh, a fear for having Colin, almost a fear of what's going to be said, and I also sense in you a hesitancy to tell someone you care about them, for fear that if you share your positive feelings with them, that they won't be reciprocated in kind, and you will embarrass yourself and potentially alter a situation that right now is okay. Um, the whole situation isn't okay, not with me. Uh, it's someone that uh, we're, we're friends, but he doesn't uh, he doesn't uh, reciprocate in any way. And I don't do things for people to reciprocate, but uh, just common courtesy is to see how people are doing, even as a friend. Then how do you define friend? If well, if a friend uh, is not sensitive to your your thoughts, huh, first of all, am I correct? You do have feelings for this person despite his not reciprocating. Um, I don't think so anymore um, because I'm I value myself more, and I know how I want to be treated, like I treat people. So I've been more or less just saying I'm walking away from the whole situation. I know you're saying that, that, but you're not doing it. You're not doing it. You're saying it. Well, I'm not. I'm not calling or anything. There's no contact whatsoever. I'm just. Uh, I'm trying to move on. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. All right. And you want him to. And what? What would you? In in the ideal romantic world, you would hope that he would miss you. Am I correct? Um. In the ideal romantic world, I would have. Um, I would have trust that uh, he doesn't just come and go like the wind and I don't want that and not, no I don't okay. want that I've never had that before I've always had people reciprocate because I do know uh, the value of people and how solid are you being at resisting I, I just sense uh, that there are words you need to tell him that you are not telling him and because it was Valentine's Day I tried to put the luster on it but I frankly feel something heavy like around your heart and so have you just said, hey, you know what, this this friendship isn't working because it's not really it's not really a a um, I almost talk like a lawyer there. It's not in the law. We would say it's not mutually obligating. It's not mutually satisfying. That's what we would oh, say. It, it's yes. I'm waiting to, when if he, he calls me. That's exactly what I'm going to say. If he doesn't, uh, I'm. I'm not going to even bother. I'm just going to walk away like he's walking away. If he does call me, that's what I intend on saying, something of that nature. Okay. Okay. I think that that sounds like, to me, uh, in light of just what you shared here and what I'm feeling, because I'm feeling, though, that even though you've made up your mind on these words, there's a part of you that still is holding a little bit of hope that it will all turn around. Is that unfair to say? Um, maybe a week or so ago, but um, not now because I'm um, as as a friend and and I do have feelings for him. I'm there not just for the good times. When it seems like when he's sick or doctors or uh, helping his mother, I'm there. Um, but he never picks up the phone to see if I'm okay. How how am I doing? So I don't really want anybody like that in my life because I do do a lot for people. Yes, yes, good. Good for you. And good for you valuing yourself enough to know that you deserve to be valued and respected. Right. Good for you. Good for you. So what my Valentine's Day reading, and I and Brian also is prescient, so I'll let him speak. My Valentine's Day reading for you is ignore the part of you that would rather have something than nothing. Okay. And you can take that with you. Ignore the part of you. And, Brian, uh, I want to give it to you because I know you have to leave in just five minutes. Well, what I would uh, say for you, Linda, is similar to what Mara just expressed for you, and that is um, basically never sell yourself short. Um, Obviously, we can, as you say, we can experience a a level of love to where we can continuously give and give and give. But 
if someone in our experience is not giving back, then they're just taking, taking, taking. And anyone who is just taking, taking, taking is not expressing themselves in their true nature. Because as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, if it, was, if, it was, if it was our nature to kill, then we would all be dead already. Well, in the same way, if it was our nature to just take, then the world would come to an end. Because if there's not a, someone to give and everybody's taking, then there's going to be an imbalance. And so whenever we find ourselves, whether it be in ourselves or in our relationships, an imbalance, we must make steps, we must make it known that imbalances cannot remain for forever. And that doesn't mean that we can be just totally like, oh, the moment a situation comes in where there's an imbalance that we end the situation, we obviously work towards it, but there are some times when we come to a point where we've done all that we can and the person that needs to make the changes isn't willing to make the changes, and we must honor ourselves enough to say, I've done all that I can, I can do no more, and I don't regret anything that I've done because it was me expressing the truth of my being and I guess it's just not to, meant to be in this particular situation. And as we love ourselves enough to do that, which is what you're saying that you do, then we're really opening ourselves up for what we declare is right for us to come into our experience. And we make room so that another person who we cherish, that we respect, that respects us and that cherishes us, can come into our experience and so that there can be a balance, there can be a joining that can be a 50-50 role, if you will, in life. And that's what you deserve, and that's what everybody deserves. And you're doing what is necessary for you to take that step, to make that declaration, and say, I will accept nothing less. So, um, and that's exactly what I think is going to happen. I really believe that. I believe that someone's going to come into my life that uh, is on the same page of life with me. With it's that Absolutely. You can't, if you're riding the train of life and you've got someone sitting in the seat beside you off and on, they get on and off, they get on and off, they get on and off, the person who is meant to sit there with you without getting on and off won't have a place to sit, possibly. Exactly. I do believe that. I believe that's what's going to happen. And this is a learning experience, and now my test is to walk away not with anger. If, if this was a big learning lesson for me. That's yeah. right. And and it sounds like you guys, you're, you're, you're kind of, I feel you lightening up here, but it sounds like that you're really not having communications. And I don't know if your phone tells you who's calling, but the best way to avoid communication sometimes is just to let it just not answer the phone. That's, that's okay. That's okay yeah. to screen someone whom, until you're strong enough that you know absolutely you can quietly say hello. And when you say that, that person will no longer have a hold on you. Because if you're at all quivering, you know, kind of on, on the fence, and a part of you, a little bit of you is, if you're at all on the fence, some carefully selected words might pull you back when you're moving forward. And so be sure when you speak, it's the right time. If he calls me, I'm do, that's one of the things I'm hoping for is to uh, say how I feel in a way that is effective and not with anger or just what's coming from the heart or, or, or hopes of getting back together or hopes of getting back at him because he hurt me just saying like it is, and I'm not there yet. So, Mara, you're right on that. And that's what I'm yeah. hoping for, someday for him to call me where I can just say what I have to say and then move on, but not in a, 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 an angry way. And if I may suggest to you, Linda, what I would encourage you to do is get a journal and start putting down on a sheet of paper, and every morning do it. This is the law of manifestation, and I believe we so seldom give ourselves the ability to have what we want and choose in life. And in part that's because from the pulpits they tell us we aren't supposed to be asking for ourselves. Forget that. You know, if that big toe on God's foot once polished, the only way God's going to know it once polished is for us to let God know. Well, maybe not. Maybe God knows everything we want anyway, but there's a power 
because you are a powerful being, in saying, let's get this polished up here. And the way you get yourself polished up is you write, first of all, about what you deserve. And do it, though, in positive words, like, I am. I am a wonderful person to be with. I am a thoughtful person. I am a giving person. So you're calling on your divinity by using the magic words, I am. And then when you define what it is that you are looking for, say thank you. Thank you for bringing into my life in the here and now a man who will be compatible with me. Thank you for keeping my eyes open. So oh, that the power I, of gratitude, I do have that, uh, Mara. The power of gratitude is very healing for me, and it's given me strength right. and the wisdom to see. So I, I understand what you're saying. First thing in the morning is I say thank you for everything, which is opening a door for me to a better And now just walk through that door a little bit more by, by putting it with someone in your life that you would like to have in your life. Defining where you, yeah, and then you will have it. Defining what you want, where you want to be when it arrives, then you will have it. Brian, I think that you need, I hate for you to leave now, uh, and it saddens me that you have to, but I believe you have to go. You're correct, Thank you, Mara. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling, Linda. Thank Brian. Thank you. Peace be with you. Brian, um, have a lovely day, and peace be with you. I will be sending positive thoughts. Thank you, Mara. And you have a wonderful remainder of the show and a wonderful Valentine's Day, and I shall see you next week. I look forward to that. All right. Peace be with you, my friend. Take care now. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Namaste. You also. So here we are with just about 13 minutes left, if I'm looking at this correctly. And I think it might be a good idea for our to take a few minutes and join our hearts, our minds, and our breath with God's breath so that we can appreciate what we have in our lives, as Linda so aptly said, the gratitudes, and also so that we can love ourselves. I try to focus meditations recently on loving one's self. We seem to have very little problem picking someone from the opposite or the same sex to have loving feelings toward. But we don't seem to recognize is that the person we select is going to be related to how we feel about ourselves. So if you're picking someone who's unworthy, of your love. It may well be because you don't believe you're enough, just as you are. So I'm going to play um, a piece today that's just about the right links. Let's see, we've done a couple other times. Um, I'm going to play Randy Lee's Church Unwind, and I'm going to ask you to get comfortable so that we can meditate together. And as you get comfortable, it's going to be in whatever position works for you. Some of you meditate while you're laying down. And if that's okay with you, then that's what you should do. If you uh, are seated, I encourage you to be comfortable. If that's in a lotus position, then go into a lotus position. If it's not, just get comfortable. We've got deep breath now and I'd like you all no matter what position you're in to breathe through the soles of your feet and I want to encourage you as you're meditating the rest of this week or if you need a moment of peace and assurance that you are enough that you go back to this place that you are in right now because you will be living leaving residual energy and you will be living with that energy throughout the week energy of love So let's pull our breath in, the first breath, let's pull it up, up the front of your calf, up the front of your thigh. And now I want you to bring it across your hips to your tailbone. That's your base chakra where you carry your fear. 
And as you pass that zone, release any fear so that your breath is fearless. As it moves up to power your body as we're joining our breath with God's breath. Pulling your fearless breath up, you're going to go across the sacral chakra, the zone of creativity. And you're going to infuse your fearless breath with creativity. And if you need to take in another breath, do so on the way. What you want to try to do is treat your lungs as though they are bellows. And you are pulling in bits of air and sipping in air as you move forward. Kind of like a singer's breath. So you've now got fearless air, creative breath. And now you're going to go across your solar plexus, zone of healing, the yellow energy of healing. And we're going to heal any poor thoughts of yourself. Any negative thinking, any self-judgment. You're going to be healing your body and feel the creative energy of that healing breath going through. As fearless, creative, healing energy goes through your body now and your breath. Coming up to your heart, I'd like you to thrust back your shoulders. Create wings, as some people say, that you expose your heart to the world and infuse it with love so that your breath is now infused with fearless, creative, healing, and loving energy. You're going to come up to your throat chakra. Ah, as we just heard from Linda, the words are so important. What words do you want to use to define who you are right now? And how burdened are you by words that you've used in the past? I want you to forgive yourself for choices in the past. I want you to have forgiveness in your breath. So now we have creative, excuse me, we have fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving breath. It's going to come up to the third eye. This is the zone of manifestation. This is where you manifest who you are. And as you begin to manifest a loving, creative person, you will find that people start to smile at you unexpectedly. You have done nothing, just be. If you are enough. And now bringing this fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting breath up. I'd like you to imagine the top of your head opening up and that there being a piper tubing, a web of tubes, and your breath is going through that in an iridescent color. And as it does, enjoy with an iridescent coming down the breath of God. And I would like you to reach the dominant take the As you breathe out, breathe out, I am divinely Now holding the hand of love of God, feel the energy pouring from God's hand up your arm, across your shoulders, and reach out your non-dominant hand and take the hand person next to you, God, so that here we said, human God, human God, human God, in a circle of love, and the focus of this circle of love is I am God, and as you think those words and you bring in your next breath, with all of the latent energy from the past, all of the infusion of God energy with it, you'll begin to feel your shoulders tingle and your back becomes alive and your heart feels exploding with self-love. I am enough. Just as I am. I am loved by God. Breathe out. Breathe out. I am love. 
I want you to pull all of the negative thoughts that you have out of you and you pull your next breath up. Holding hands with God on either side and knowing you are safe. Pull the negative thoughts out of you. The fearful thoughts. The stagnant The disease within you. The unloving feelings you have. The words that you've spoken that you shouldn't have spoken. Pull it all up. Pull it past. Move it right past the zone of manifestation because that does not reflect who you are. And allow all of that mass of negative energy to move through the piping tube and merge with the breath of God. And as it does, it's a black energy, light, iridescent. As your breath joins with God's and is purified and infused with love, and you are safe, all of that is gone. And now, I would like you to sit here in the presence, in this pure space, holding hands with God, surrounded by safety. And as you breathe in, breathe in, I am enough. And as you breathe out, breathe out, I am love. For two minutes. Two minutes, because I want you to feel how long two minutes can be when you're sitting in the presence of God. And I want you to remember cellular imprints yourself with the spirit. Remember, this feeling of safety, security, is always yours. You know what you are going to seek to feel. It is this peace now. May love enfold you as you go about your day and you remember that you are enough just as you are, uniquely created, divinely inspired, you. And let us send forth wonderful wishes for Brian as he goes to talk about love today. Peace be with you until next week. For some of you I'll talk to on Friday morning. For others, it'll be next Sunday. Until then, remember this song, 
is how it feels to be a part of God. And you are always a part of God. Hey, my friend.